Hello and welcome to the African Historical Society podcast. I'm your host, Bryn Gustafson. In tonight's episode, I will be reviewing the frontline documentary, Firestone and the Warlord, from season 2014, episode 17, on the PBS network. Frontline and ProPublica investigate the relationship between American tire company Firestone and ruthless Liberian warlord Charles Taylor during the atrocious Liberian Civil War. Firestone and the Warlord is a brilliant documentary that illustrates the extent to which a major corporation will go in order to generate profit, whether that involves morals or not. The documentary provides a brief history of Liberia and of Firestone and how the two formed a close, mutual relationship. Through the establishment of a major rubber plantation in Harbel, a town near Liberia's capital, Monrovia, by the company's founder, Harvey Firestone, a steady and reliable source of rubber was created for use in making tires. This plantation was and still is vital to Firestone as a main source of rubber. Firestone's complacency and cooperation with dictator after dictator helps illustrate the extent to which large corporations will go in their exploitation of African nations. A major strength of the documentary is their use of first-hand accounts of different groups of people during the Civil War. American diplomats stationed in Liberia at the time and journalists are some of the many people who describe their experiences. A major group of individuals included are the American expats who lived in Liberia and worked for Firestone running the plantation. They described their lives running the plantation before and during the Civil War. They reminisce of their lavish lifestyles and their large homes playing golf and competing in fishing tournaments. This pampered lifestyle is sharply contrasted to that of the Liberian workers on the plantation who had no electricity or running water. The expats' often ignorant and selfish accounts of what happened in Liberia during the 1990s goes to show the drastically different experiences of Americans and Liberians during the era. A notable example is when one American Firestone employee describes Taylor as a, quote, gentleman. Their privileged and elite lifestyles remind me of that of the white settlers living across Africa in European colonies. What's even worse is that this was the 1990s, not the 1920s. Their accounts and the relationship between the plantation and the government of Liberia paint this picture of informal colonialism, in which economic powers such as the United States exploit other nations for their precious natural resources and cheap labor. This situation is by no means only Liberian, but widespread throughout the continent and its modern history. The relationship between the Nigerian government and the oil company Shell is a prominent example. The documentary also utilizes the first-hand accounts of many Liberians. This is another strength of the documentary, as with many historical literature and documentaries produced outside of Africa, they often leave out the voices and experiences of Africans. A notable harrowing account is that of Mary Polly. Mary was a Liberian Firestone plantation worker who recounts how government forces barged into her house looking for Taylor rebels. She describes how they stripped her husband down into his briefs and murdered him and raped her. She states that she and her children fled into the bush in the middle of the night because she knew they were going to kill her and her children. Another notable Liberian first-hand account is that of former advisor to Charles Taylor, John T. Richardson. His careless demeanor and seemingly unaffected attitude of the war highlights the coldness of Taylor and his forces. At one point, after describing the atrocities he witnessed, he states... I can't apologize for war. Everybody has had a war. However, a weakness also exists from whose first-hand accounts are present within the documentary. 
the people who do give their first-hand accounts greatly enhance the viewer's understanding of the relationship between Firestone and Charles Taylor, although I did wish for more accounts from people like Mary Polly. She was a common Liberian Firestone plantation worker. Her story stuck with me after hearing it and truly showed me the brutality of the war. Having more accounts from Liberians like Mary, such as a citizen of Monrovia, or other plantation workers, would provide more experiences from ordinary Liberians that I believe would help viewers better comprehend the impacts the conflict had on them. It would have also been insightful to have an account from a former child soldier of Taylor, although finding someone to speak on their experience as one would obviously be difficult. Another major strength of the documentary is the imagery and footage provided throughout such as the plantation, fighting in the streets, and of lifeless corpses. Their provocativeness cannot be understated. Seeing children with large guns and bodies lying in the streets is distressing yet powerful. Actual real photographs and footage utilized in the documentary is much more influential than reenactments shot with actors often used in other historical documentaries. Censoring or withholding of certain images and footage would have significantly restricted the effectiveness of the message the documentary was trying to convey. A picture really is worth a thousand words. Although another weakness of the documentary is its coverage of certain events. For example, the documentary focuses a great deal on the first few days of the war and how the American expats on the plantation responded by eventually fleeing. Other events on the relationship between Firestone and Charles Taylor are given ample time and examination. Some events, however, leave more to be desired. The documentary notes how Firestone helped finance Taylor and his forces by making a deal with him in order to reopen the plantation. However, little is discussed or showed of how this occurred. More first-hand accounts, images, and footage would have been appreciated in order to emphasize where and how Firestone's financing went towards Taylor and his operations. Another notable example is the lack of the United States' diplomatic perspectives on the relationship and deal between Firestone and Charles Taylor. The documentary briefly notes how different American diplomats had differing advice for Firestone on whether or not to cooperate with Taylor. The diplomatic cables and court documents using the investigation could have been used more to understand the role of American diplomats and the U.S. government on the relationship between Firestone and Charles Taylor. The United States government has been involved in the affairs of African nations for their own political and economic interests before. Therefore, acquiring more accounts from American diplomats on their opinions and responses to the relationship rather than the war could provide insight into how involved or where they were. Better understanding of their involvement will enhance historical analysis of the relationship and the United States government role in it. As we have seen historically, the involvement of the American government in African nations has greatly influenced their futures. For example, American and Belgian cooperation to assassinate the Prime Minister of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Patrice Lumumba, during the Congo crisis led to the eventual installment of pro-U.S. dictator Mobutu Sese Seko. In conclusion, Firestone and the Warlord is a captivating documentary that I encourage everyone to see. The documentary's strengths far outweigh its weaknesses. You won't look at your local Firestone Complete Auto Care the same again, that's for sure. Firestone's relationship with Charles Taylor furthers the overarching argument that massive corporations exploit African nations for profit. I believe Liberian Firestone Workers Union member Edwin Sisko best describes their priorities, stating, It's about making money. It's not about the people who help to create the wealth. It's not about the country. It's profit, profit, and profit. I'm Britton Gustafson, and this has been another episode of the African Historical Society podcast. Good night. Good night.